2: The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. So one of the great mysteries, one of the great law enforcement mysteries... In our country right now is who planted the pipe bombs that were discovered outside the Republican National Committee headquarters and the Democratic National Committee headquarters on January the 6th, January 6th. You might remember that day, big insurrection, Washington, D.C., greatest threat to our democracy since the Civil War, according to Joe Biden and his acolytes. So they have this bomb planter on video. They can zoom in. We have facial recognition technology. Everybody knows, well, the six degrees of separation, right? Everybody knows somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody who might know who this is. I mean, if January 6th was about overthrowing our government, uh, what could be more of a threat than somebody who placed a bomb Outside the headquarters of our two main political parties, that shows planning, that shows intent, shows conspiracy, serious crime. We haven't been able to find this person. And Tucker Carlson was talking about this last night, about how odd it is that the uh, law enforcement sources and law enforcement agencies and everything in our country have been unable to pin down, identify, arrest, and convict the person who planted these bombs the night before the January 6th riots. People who plant bombs are almost always caught because there's a lot of physical evidence.
1: This physical evidence was in pristine condition. But this person hasn't been caught. This person, an amateur wearing Nike Air Max sneakers, has confounded the entire FBI crime lab and eluded the largest manhunt in American history. Now, you should know that the first pipe bomb was discovered just minutes before the first assault on the Capitol at 1 p.m. Capitol Hill police were notified of the bomb at 12.49 p.m. Protesters at the Capitol swarmed the first police line at 12.50. That's one minute later. The chief of Capitol Police at the time, Stephen Sund, later told The Washington Post he believed the pipe bombs were not designed to kill people. They were meant to draw law enforcement away from the Capitol. They were designed to be found not to explode. In the words of Capitol Hill Police Inspector General, quote, if those pipe bombs were intended to be a diversion, it worked. Now, that would make sense, since the bombs themselves could not have been detonated on January 6th. The bombs were planted the night before, 17 hours before they were found. Yet the timers on the bombs were of the ancient kitchen clock variety. They could only be set to an hour maximum. The bombs had no remote detonation function. So effectively, by January 6th, they were inert.
2: So are you following what he's saying? The bombs were planted the night before, not with a remote detonator switch, which if you really wanted to detonate the bomb, would it be easier to call on your cell phone and detonate it, which is pretty much child's play for anybody who knows how to bomb something? I don't know how to do it, but there are people who do, and it's very easy. To have a remote detonator if you were going to actually bomb you would not want to go back to the bomb the day of the riot an hour before the riot started and tick, 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 set that because you might be on video again right you don't want to be on video again in the broad daylight but if you put the bombs there so that somebody would find them and they would be understandably alarmed. And they would call the authorities and say, hey, hey, we got a bomb over here. Well, that would attract quite a bit of law enforcement attention, would it not? It sure would. Don't want a bomb to go off. So it's pretty plausible that those bombs were placed there just to attract attention. And aren't we fortunate? Aren't we fortunate? Or isn't it a rem- an amazing coincidence that the bombs were discovered, the authorities were notified one minute before the storming of the Capitol began. You say, well, that's really not fortunate, Bruce, because that probably helped people storm into the Capitol. And you're right, it probably did. It probably occupied some attention. So you know, the person who notified the authorities about the bombs kind of seems a little suspicious, don't they? Like like maybe they're not really a good Samaritan. Maybe they were in on it. Maybe they knew about the bomb. And maybe they waited until a minute before people stormed into the Capitol to distract the police. So it would be helpful to know... Who called that in, wouldn't it? Well, it turns out the people who call in that bomb threat were the vigilant security forces around a person. You might have heard of her name. Her name is Kamala Harris. What's
1: strange is that of all the places in the world Kamala Harris could have gone at 1130 a.m. on January 6th, she went to the DNC building where her bodyguards promptly discovered the pipe bomb. So if the bomb was planted by a Trump supporter as a diversion, as the Capitol Police have said, you've got to wonder how exactly that worked. Would a Trump supporter have known where Kamala Harris was going to be that morning? Probably not. Even her political allies didn't know for some reason. Yet it's fair to assume that if Kamala Harris hadn't gone to the DNC when she went, the pipe bomb wouldn't have been discovered just minutes before the insurrectionist breach of the Capitol. In other words, if Kamala Harris hadn't been there, the bomb couldn't have been the diversion that the Capitol Police Department said it was.
2: Are you following along? See, Kamala goes to the headquarters and, oh, her people find the bomb. And they, of course, call in the bomb. But what we've been led to believe all along is that a Trump supporter, uh, you know, insurrectionist, planted the bomb. Well, if that's true how did the insurrectionists know kamala would be there I mean, maybe he didn't know maybe it's just uh maybe it was just dumb luck uh, tucker's final thoughts on the matter it's all pretty mysterious actually and maybe weirdest of all is that the fbi has
1: only released three minutes of the video showing the person who planted the bomb why not release more tape Why doesn't the FBI release all of the video that it has so the public can help identify this person, if you really want to catch this person? This person, by publicly available accounts, planted a bomb mere yards from the vice president-elect of the United States. That's far more a threat to our democracy than anything that happened at the Capitol building, by far. And if you wanted to catch this person, you would release as much information about this person as you could, wouldn't you? It's weird. Who's running this FBI investigation? We're not sure of the answer. We can't confirm one way or the other because the FBI is pretty close-mouthed about all of this. And that's strange, too. What we can confirm is that Kamala Harris was not chased into danger on January 6th by insurrectionists. No, she was driven to danger by a government chauffeur. And then, critically, Kamala Harris hid that fact for more than a year. Why is that? We have a right to know the answer to that question. It's not a conspiracy theory.
2: It's an entirely legitimate question. Maybe someone could ask Kamala Harris. Yeah, because I would look forward to them asking her that so she could do her evil cackling witch laugh, which she does every time she is uh, flummoxed as to what to say. Now, it is an interesting scenario that for a year we were led to believe she was already in the Capitol because she was there to, you know, affirm the, the vote certify the vote of Joe Biden as president. But she wasn't already in. She was driven there a minute before they found the bomb that didn't have a sophisticated timer on it to explode like you would think it would have if you really intended for it to explode. Why haven't they found this guy? Why haven't they found this bomber? They found Timothy McVeigh. They're pretty good at finding people when they want to find them. They they put out all the videos of all the people who went into the Capitol and they tracked them down. And all over rural America, they found people wearing you know their MAGA hats who took selfies in the Capitol. They found them, but they can't find the bomber. <clears throat> is it possible they can't find him because they're not looking? And is it possible they're not looking because they know who it is? And is it possible that? If we knew who it was, that might cause us to ask other questions. It's an interesting uh, thing to ponder, is it not? I thought so. So we have in the city of Columbus uh, two. Former law enforcement officers who are going to face criminal prosecution for their role in the death of citizens who they were interacting with and gunfire was exchanged. Uh, We have Adam Coy and um, Jason, I can't remember Jason's last name, the deaths of Andre Hill and Casey Goodson. Can you imagine the uh, reaction if those two officers were exonerated in advance of trial by the police agencies which they belong to? And then you found out that neither officer was ever interviewed by internal affairs, or by any investigators at all. They wanted to interview them, and the officer said, no, not going to talk to you. And then the police agency said, looks like a good shoot to us. How do you think that would go over with the police oversight review board? How do you think that would go over with handy Andy Ginther, our mayor? I don't think that would go over well. And I would understand that. I would, myself, speak out against that that would look like a whitewash. That would look like a joke of an investigation. Well, did you know that the uh, heroic U.S. Capitol Police officer Michael Byrd exonerated in the shooting death of Ashley Babbitt at the Capitol on January the 6th? Uh, Did you know that contrary to what Officer Byrd told Lester Holt on NBC, uh... Officer Byrd did not submit to any inquiry by Capitol Police, the FBI, or the Department of Justice. Uh, This little factoid comes to us from Real Clear Investigations. Investigators cleared Byrd of wrongdoing in the shooting of Ashley Babbitt without actually interviewing him about the shooting or threatening him with punishment if he did not cooperate with their criminal investigation. This comes from the attorney for the Ashley Babbitt family. His name is Terry Roberts. He said to Real Clear Investigations, Officer Byrd did not provide any statement to investigators, and they didn't push him to make a statement. It's astonishing how skimpy his investigation file is. Now, at least they did want to talk to him, but a January... 2021 internal affairs report from U.S. Capitol Police notes that Byrd, quote, declined to provide a statement. Uh, asked if Byrd cooperated with internal affairs agents or FBI agents, the answer is Metropolitan Police Department did not formally interview Lieutenant Byrd. He did not give a statement while under U.S. Attorney's Office investigation. How is this possible? Well, it's possible because you didn't know it, and it's also possible mostly because real clear investigations does not have the reach, does not have the influence, does not have the cachet of CBS, ABC, NBC. Now, let's imagine an alternate reality, shall we? Let's imagine a antifa or black lives matter protest where a black female veteran of the u.s military is shot through a door by a white officer lieutenant bird is black by the way ashley babbitt is white i don't think that had anything to do with it that day but just for the purposes of comparison that if a white officer shot a black female military veteran and then that White officer was exonerated after refusing to give a statement or refusing to be interviewed. How do you think that would play? I don't think it would. And you know it wouldn't. So why do I talk about these things? I was pondering this at dinner the other night with uh, four very close friends. And I asked them a question. And I'll ask you the same question. I said, do I sound like just a whiner and an incessant talker when I'm on the air addressing these things that I address on the show on a daily basis. Because sometimes I just feel like I'm barking into the ether. You're always welcome to call the show. I don't take very many calls on the show. I don't solicit calls on the show because I figure if you want to call, you can. If you want to email, you will. But I was reading today in Proverbs 10 it's the 10th of the month and there's a phrase in Proverbs 10 that's repeated in verse 8 and verse 10 and the phrase is this a chattering fool comes to ruin a chattering fool comes to ruin I don't want to be a chattering fool but I think things like this whitewash U.S. Capitol Police investigation like we've been talking about with Hilliard schools and Dublin schools these things to me matter a lot And so when I talk about them and I emphasize them on a day-to-day basis, I hope you don't think I'm a chattering fool. One of the other verses uh, in Proverbs says, wise men store up knowledge, but the mouth of a fool invites ruin. The only thing I'm trying to ruin is the left. The only thing I'm trying to ruin are people who are trying to take our kids away from us or indoctrinate our kids. So I try to use my show prep time and my away from show prep time to store up knowledge Because if I don't, I'm afraid that it will invite ruin of people I care about, ruin of myself, or ruin of causes and things that I care about in our country. You don't have to share my faith to share the same love that I have for our country. We can be allies. You don't have to believe what I believe about God and about his sovereignty and his authority in my life. I would love for you to. But I think we can unite around a shared belief that America is the greatest country in the world. While at dinner the other night, a friend of mine said something to me that his 12-year-old son repeated. He said his son wants to, he's 12, wants to grow up and serve in the military. And he asked his son why, and he said, because, Dad, America is the greatest country that's ever been, and I'm pretty strong and big for my age, and people like me should protect people who are weaker. That's a parent who's done it right. That's what we should all strive to do. So let's focus on that.